It's time for the Real LV Raiders Ladies Podcast, a place for all the real Raider Lady fans to support, encourage, and share in a fun fan community. Here's your hosts, Steph McKenzie and Rachel Nunez. Well, hello, everybody. What is going on? This is the Real LV Raider Ladies Podcast, developed and created by me, Steph McKenzie, and Rachel Nunez. Hello, everyone. Yes, we take a fun sports look and talk into how it's all evolved being a real sports fan through the eyes of a woman. And that's exactly what we do each and every week. And thank you guys for emailing us, and thank you for touching out and doing all great things with us as we go through this amazing journey. And a lot of twists and turns along the way. Yes, of course, we are big Raider fans. Have been since we were born. Since we were born. <laughs> but we dive into all sports and all fun things. Which brings us to our amazing guest, who's like an international superstar, Rachel. I am like so excited for him. Giddy. Giddy about it. I know. Vinny Bonasur, who's on Raider Nation Radio and an international sports reporter. Everybody knows who he is, is joining us. Hello, Vinny. Hello, thank you guys for inviting me. I'm uh, honored to be here. We are so excited. Now, I know a lot of people are like, well, he's a guy, but he's an amazing guy that loves women. Is that nice to say? That is nice to say. <laughs> and very true, by the way. Thank you very much. Very true, by the way. All right, so give us a little bit of background about yourself. How long have you been reporting? Uh, very long. And um, I, 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 I've been here in Las Vegas since 2020. Um, prior to that, I was in Los Angeles for years covering. Everything from the Dodgers to the Lakers to uh, USC football uh, and on and on and on. Uh, but um, when football, when it started looking like it was pretty serious that football was actually coming back to Los Angeles, all my colleagues, many of my colleagues were like, no, it's not going to happen. You know, we've been used all these years. But I was getting pretty good information that this is literally going to happen. Uh, this is like around two, 2014. You know, and uh, shout out to Jerry Jones, the Dallas Cowboys owner, because he basically told me, mark your calendar right around 2016, 2015. It's really going to happen. Wow. And he's like, I'm not just saying that because I love Los Angeles and I want it to happen. I kind of know what's going on. <laughs> so I took it very seriously from that point on and just sort of really wrapped my arms around that story. The NFL coming back to Los Angeles. And, um, and it was kind of a career changer because it put me on – a lot of radars, I was able to break a bunch of stories and you know, yada, yada, yada. And ultimately what happened, the Rams came back to Los Angeles, I was covering the Rams for the LA Daily News, then The Athletic. Uh, but because the Raiders were a big part of that, remember the Raiders were yes. almost gonna go to Los Angeles, right. they got shut out, uh, they didn't know where they were gonna go, um, but maybe about a month after a decision was made not to send them to Los Angeles, they started really zeroing in on Las Vegas, which was, I always tell this story, I got a call it was about a month after the decision for uh, the Rams to go back to Los Angeles. Okay. I was walking to the elementary school where my kids were, uh, getting out of school, and I was getting ready to pick them up. And I get this call, and it was like, uh, hey, are you sitting down? Which, like, by the way, <laughs> why do we always get the most important calls when our kids know, are exactly. either going to school <laughs> no doubt. or coming out of school? Completely. Totally. <laughs> by the way, Derek Carr, that situation, it was coming to a um, – deciding point on New on uh, Valentine's Day. And my wife was like, I'm not even gonna, let's just forget Valentine's, because I know that story is gonna break. <laughs> while we're In the middle here, of dinner. Which is pretty darn close what actually. What a good to, wife. To let's, shout out to your wife. <laughs> Again, exactly. women in sports, yes, the wives right? of that, that right? Is, yeah. She's a big backbone she for you. She does deserve a lot of uh, credit because I've put her through the ringer with all these crazy stories and stuff. But anyway, it was, it was it was, hey, you sitting down? No, should I be? Uh, well, I just want to let you know that starting tomorrow, 
we're going to start um, zeroing in on Las Vegas as the next home for the Raiders. And I was like, the Las, Las Vegas Raiders. I was like, that makes that's all weird. the sense in the world. Exactly. Like that's who did, Why didn't you guys think about this sooner? So. Well, because people never thought about it because of the sports. Yes, exactly. Gaming. Exactly. And, um, it's a and desert. It's a desert. It's There's the gambling aspect. Um, but it, at that point in time, I think things were changing with uh, how pro sports and sports in general looked at gambling. Instead of looking at it as a negative, maybe kind of a positive where you can, if you controlled it, you're not to say that there's any betting going on or anything like that in terms of the players, the coaches, but if you can um, secure it and, and make it safe so that you're not susceptible to any problems, there's a way to, there's, that's a revenue stream right there. So they started coming around to that. But uh, anyway, was, was breaking stories and the Las Vegas Review Journal kind of noticed what was going on and, uh, and you know, they said, hey, would you like to cover if, when the Raiders come here? Would you like to cover the Raiders here at the Review, Review Journal? I didn't think ever that I would be in Las Vegas in my career. But came out here, kind of fell in love with it, and it all lined up. And here I am covering the Raiders now, and uh, you know, working for Raider Nation Radio. So, and now I'm here. Today. Yeah, so it's gotten on me the real here. LV so very Ladies happy podcast. I'm so excited, but I got to ask something. Yes. So when um, Mr. Jones was calling you, was it from the yacht? And it, did he tell you that there were two teams coming, not just one? Uh, he didn't say that, and I wish. It was that cool of a story, but <laughs> in, in actuality, it was Oxnard, California, which you know very yes, well. Yes, I do. I've been. I actually have been to their um, training their training camp. Yeah, right. Uh, so every year, uh, I would go. I lived in Ventura, so mm -hmm. uh, it was all, it was you know a five minute drive basically yeah. to where their facility was. And every single year, myself and Sam Farmer from the LA Times would always go out to the uh, Cowboys training camp to literally talk to Jerry Jones about when is football coming back to Los Angeles. Right. Because he was a huge proponent of it. He was actually born in El Segundo. So he's like, if I didn't have my Cowboys here in Dallas, I'd be there. You know, <laughs> well, what are we doing? Let's not forget, he's really good friends, was I know with Al Davis. Right? Yes, absolutely. Right. And, uh, and they, the, you know, the NFL kind of, um, you know, cleverly, I guess, or shrewdly uh, worked this because for years, what ended up happening was Los Angeles was wide open. Right. And it was always a possibility that a team was going to end up there. Uh, and, and what the NFL did was they used that uh, reality or threat, whatever you want to call it, to get stadiums built all across the country. Like right. if you were the Minnesota Vikings and and you were trying to build a new stadium, which they ended up building, and it was hanging by a thread, like the deal with Minnesota was hanging by the thread. Right. You know, the commissioner goes in and, and goes out to St. Paul, their, their uh, state capital, talks to all their state leaders and say, hey, look. Somebody's going to move to Los Angeles. We'd hate to be for it to be the Vikings, but if you don't get this thing done, <laughs> right. it might be the Vikings. And with miraculously, the deal came back to life, and they were able to get their deal done. But that happened in a lot of different places, um, and they wanted to get all of those stadiums taken care of before deciding, okay, now let's really figure out how to get back into the second biggest market. And Jerry Jones was a huge kind of proponent of that and leader, uh, you know, with all that. Um, and I think they made the right decision ultimately with the Rams and SoFi Stadium. It's a fabulous building. It's a great stadium. Yeah. Right. I uh, mean, at the end of the day, though, what do you tell diehard Oakland Raider fans that are still, and I don't know that we see a lot of it as much as we did in the beginning. Right. But what do you tell them about getting over that grumbling or what they can do to love on Oakland more? Right. Um, you have to be honest, and and the reality of the situation, they had poor leadership politically. They had poor leadership with the city of Oakland. 
And in the county of Alameda, people, um, you know, just to do a little bit of uh, background on this, where that stadium is, the Oakland Alameda Coliseum. Horrendous. They call it the Oakland Alameda Coliseum for a reason. It's co-owned by the city of, the, and I'm talking about the land, the land that the city is that the stadium's on. It's co-owned by the city of Oakland and the county of Alameda. So you have county commissioners and you have a city council and a mayor, and they hate each other. Mm-hmm. Like I'm not, and I didn't know any of this. It still obviously is going on because the rumors the, are that the A's, A's are going to be in right, Vegas, which is the A's stadium. That's their that was the Raiders' old stadium, and it's like like I was hearing this as a reporter. Like I never got into politics in terms of writing or covering. But because of the stadium issues with Los Angeles, San Diego, yeah. Oakland, St. Louis, um, you had to like put your political hat on and really talk to politicians and leaders. And and I just kept hearing it's there's dysfunction up in the Bay Area. The 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 uh, city council and the county commissioners, they just there's dysfun- they're great guys, people, women individually, but when you put them in a room, they can never figure anything out. So if you're the Raiders, you'd hear one thing from this mayor and that city council. And then when they got voted out, it would be completely different, you know? So you'd have to start from ground zero. Dysfunction. (laughs) So, so and I think most people in Oakland now, although they're, you know, heartbroken that the Raiders left and and maybe heartbroken pretty soon if the A's have to leave, I think they understand this is, there's, there's things that are going on that are outside the owners of the team's wishes. Mark Davis never wanted to leave the Bay Area. But it eventually came to a point where I can't, Keep I gotta, I, yeah, I gotta, no. and and I remember one day him telling me that, well, what you know, when you had with the stadium in Oakland compared to the new stadiums in Minnesota and everywhere else, San Francisco or excuse me, uh, Santa Clara, like his revenue went down to like thirty first in the NFL, yes. right? And he's like, it wouldn't be so bad if it was a couple of million dollars, but we're talking about hundreds of millions of dollars. Right. Like it's not, Z. yeah, <laughs> right? Like it's not, it's not fair. I can't compete financially with teams that are making all this other money from their stadiums. So Raiders need to do something. The Rams were in kind of the same predicament in St. Louis, a little bit different. But, and of course, the Chargers in San Diego, they were definitely almost mirrored images. It's hard to get things done in California, too. You just, you can't, nobody wants to talk about public money, and I get that. Um, But, you know, there's ways, there should be ways to partner up um, with teams, if you want the team to stay in 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 the area. Well, first of all, there's there's tax revenue, so yeah. you, you can't you deny that. No. Nope. Um, what's interesting about what you said? Uh, two points that that I that I have an opinion of, as a Raider fan, mm-hmm. as somebody who had to watch those games when. Your middle infield for baseball is still the Ugh. infield for football. Gross. It was gross. Totally. It was gross. gross. And also players were getting hurt. Yeah. I think it was very disrespectful as a fan too to watch that. Exactly. And it but we still watch because I love the Raiders. But are you kidding me? The right. Vikings, yeah, the Cardinals, mm-hmm. um, these teams that, you know, are don't get me wrong, I love all NFL fans, but a, a subpar kind of a, a yeah. you know team following following um that that hurt right especially for the raiders who are and should be you know a billion dollar franchise no doubt about it no doubt about it second thing with the the politicians how badly do you suck (laughs) if the raiders leave golden state leaves because their stadium is right next to the coliseum and the golden state wins Four championships, yeah, right. right? You are doing some dumb stuff. No doubt about it. So it's as much as the politicians think that they're they have the interest of the public. 
you don't know what you're doing. Get some, get people in there that know what they're doing right. because you lost revenue after revenue, and it looks like you're going to be losing baseball. Right. And what I always what I always those are great points. What I always um, what I came to figure out was these politicians are always running. They're always in um, you know uh, uh, election, election mode. mode. Yeah. Right. Exactly. So and, and they're like I, twinsies. Yeah. I, 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 I'm going to embellish a little bit, but it's almost like literally true. I would interview, like, let's just say, uh, you know, Kevin Faulkner, I'm sorry, the mayor of San Diego, all right? And Don't be sorry. Smart guy, you know, he looked the part. He, he was the part of a you know, future governor or future whatever, right? And I would interview him. And I'd have my tape recorder on my phone, you know, I'd interview him. And I'm like, okay, I'm listening to him and kind of, you know, asking the next question. Da, da, da. Then I'd go back and um, type it all out. And I'm like, this dude didn't say anything. It was almost like, you know, like a vampire when you thought you take a picture of the vampire and there's no, there's no, no picture. picture of the yeah. It was like, they like that there's no story. Here. They don't what talk. They say? don't say anything. Right. They just are. It's political gibberish just to well, whatever, you know, like, like not get on the wrong side of anybody. And right. It's like you have to lead at some point you have to lead. You know, and I felt like in Oakland and in San Diego, there was just terrible leadership. And whether you like Mark Davis's haircut or not, I think (laughs) he really stepped up and took on that lead. Yeah, he did. I mean, look, he's got the aces here. Mm -hmm. And now I can't say his name. You know, I have a hard time saying his name as Mm -hmm. co-owner, the the guy that played with Tom Brady. Oh, God. His name is Tom Brady. No, I hate that name. It's Tom Brady. She's who she's re- <laughs> just uh, forgot. It was yeah. a brain freeze. I get it. I no, it's it's, it's Groundhog Day. It's right. it's the tuck rule. It I will know. never go away. We are huge Raider fans <laughs> that hate that over and over. I can't say his name. I I, I, I barely. Can't. I talked to Mark about that this weekend and uh, or last uh, last weekend in Arizona, and uh, he seemed to suggest that Tom was like eh, maybe it was a fumble. Yeah, <laughs> he says it now, but it's still. Oh, hurts, oh okay. Vinny. This is what this is what Mark said too. He's like, look, you know. It's not their oh. fault at the end of the day. It's the referee's fault. Right. Like, oh, what is Tom Brady supposed to really do? Like, oh, he's no. He's supposed to be, you know, he's supposed to know when something's not right. <laughs> yeah, and he should have done the right thing. He should Okay, I'll give you that. I'll give you that. But at the end of the day, you know, it was referee's fault. And that's how Mark sort of has wrapped his head around it. But he, but he seemed to suggest that Tom was like, yeah. Well, okay, so we're going to go to break, but when we come back, I'm going to give you a little bit of time to marinate on this. Okay. We want to hear the best and the worst stories when it comes to women Uh that you have seen. Okay. Okay? All righty. All right. This is the Real LV Raider Ladies podcast. We'll be right back. This is JT the Brick, so if you want more exclusive Raiders content, just go to Raiders.com, click on the podcast page, and see all the varying podcasts we have up there with legends, current players, the coach, it'll get you right up to speed with the Raider Nation. Welcome back to the Real LV Raider Ladies Podcast. We have so much fun going on. Thank you for joining us and our special, special, like international special guest, Vinny Bonasur is here. He's from Raider Nation Radio and an international sports reporter, of course, covering the Las Vegas Raiders and all stories in between. So we asked before we went to break, we want to hear the worst and the best stories of women in sports as the fans that you have seen, because I know you've seen so many stories. I mean, you should really write a book. Yeah, I've been told that. Um, you really, really should. But 
Again, how long have you been doing this? How many uh, years? It's been 30 years or so, so yeah. Like I'm when sure. I was, I was like straight out of high school, basically. I was gonna, I thought you would say junior high. Junior high. <laughs> so there's, Elementary school. There's a little bit of knowledge in that dome there, right? A little, a little bit. bit, yeah. yeah. I, would hope to, I would hope to, I would hope to, uh, I, I think so, yeah. All right, so of course ours is specializing in the sports fan through the eyes of a woman. Let's start with the worst that you have ever seen. Man, I mean, are we talking about... Uh, Things that I've seen that you know have happened to women, yeah, or like that I, you've seen I've, in the stands that a woman might have I, been treated I, or done. I've seen things in locker rooms. Ooh, you know, uh, and I'm. This is like way back, and and, and thankfully we've come a long way. Haven't yes. come as far as we need to have come. I don't believe, but um, you're making inroads. But I mean, um, I mean, I, I I go back to the to the uh, days when women were first allowed into the locker room, right? And that was a huge deal for a lot of a lot of people. And and it would always be, you know, I felt so bad for my women colleagues because it would be like women in the locker room, like right before we all would come in. Nobody ever said men coming into the locker room. Right. We just would walk into the lo- right. clubhouse, locker room, whatever it was. So all of a sudden, you know, that was the warning sign, like cover up or do what you got to do, you know, and um, and – and I'll say this: most of the, uh, I would say most of the male athletes were respectful of it, and understood Keyword it. Keyword being most. Yeah, most picked up on that. Yeah. Right, because uh, there were some dumbasses, if I could say that. Yeah. That uh, weren't. Oh, you know? Rachel swears all the time. Yeah. <laughs> well, I don't know I if do. I could do it here, but now that I know. Um, so, do you think it was a, a protest or just being like just um, a, do- a ding dong? That that and maybe maybe tinged with a little bit of resentment that. I'm even having to put up with this. Right, right. Um, so, like, um, you know, there were there were some things that were said and some things that were were done that were just, um, you know, looking back on it. And even at the time, I was like, "Come on, dude!" You know, uh, just just parading around, you know, trying to with make somebody uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah, you know what I'm saying? Like, like, like yeah. it was it was. Yeah. There were like now that dude would have gotten. And I can't. You know, it's just it's I can't say who it was, but I no, I know totally exactly fine. who it is, right? I can see it in my um where they would be uh this would be something where you could get like banned for life type of type of stuff. Right. And did you see just everything just come out of that woman reporter or how did she take it? Um uh with the strength of Hercules, you know, kinda like, hey, I can't I gotta I gotta just plow through it. Like I like like if I you know, were to, you know, um, make a scene right now or, or you know, then, then I might ruin it for the next person or myself. You know, there were there was, you know, there was a time when, um, and this probably goes across all businesses and, and, and uh, you know, everything where you just had to grin and, not grin and bear it, but, you know, just quietly fight your battle quietly, you know, maybe with your friends or, or some colleagues, but it wasn't something that you would come out and, and, and you know, necessarily talk about because you didn't want to get, you know, blackballed. Right. Um, so it was a difficult position to be in. But uh, do you think that we've even made some advances? Because look at um, Aaron um, Andrews, Andrews, and what she did. Yeah. Right. I mean, and and she still is reporting and totally. doing great things. No, there's there's um, there's still a lot of that. There's still a lot of that. And um, you know, I've had I've had uh, some of my uh, you know female and women colleagues share um, voicemails that they've gotten at work or letters or email emails more nowadays right that are just the most vile disgusting things you're ever gonna see from fans who are 
you know, stay in your place. You know, where do you do? Get in the kit. Like, stuff. Like that's like tame. And you're saying today that still goes Literally on. Literally today. Wow. Go on Twitter. I can't wait to get fun emails like that. You know, I can't have to wait. tell you, I've been in broadcast for 33 years. And I've gotten it. Yeah, yeah. From I'm the sure beginning, you have. I have. Right. Um, and, of course, sometimes I'm always that blonde. That's like, hee, hee, hee. Right. Which, of course, I get it. I've played that role. But I've gotten some pretty harsh things, oh, I'm sure. too. But it always surprises me. And maybe just because I like to live in rainbows and bunny land. Right. I really do. And I just... I just do it, just go forward. And Rachel comes from a world of a whole nother world where she's experienced things, a business owner, a paralegal, in-law. It surprises me that you use the word vile of people still saying that to women and getting emails like that. Yeah, and uh, I mean, I I get stuff too. Uh, It's on a different sort of, um, they attack differently. So, um, but yes, and and it's vile. There's there's vile things that are said to me. I'm sure you've experienced yeah. some of that uh, your, yourself. But it's like it, it it astounds me that you know there there's there's some um, some guy out there that just can't get over the fact that you know there's there's you know women that know. First of all, to you, whoever writes that, they know more like ten thousand times more than you do. So just you know, look yourself in the mirror. I always say that, like, look yourself in the mirror because you're the issue, not them, that know what they're doing, that are professionals, that can write, that can broadcast, that know their information, um, that do the homework, that have the respect of the players and coaches that they cover or whoever it is that they cover. Um, and, uh, and and you're sitting there, whatever it is that you do, and you can't come to grips with that. Like, how sad of a life are you living that you can't come to grips with the fact that there's women that know their shit, you know? Well, and I think that goes to Rachel and I because we're classic women. Yeah. <laughs> we just got out of high school. <laughs> <laughs> and we've shared some stories on here. And one in particular for myself is I was at a game and the guy was just next to me in the seat and just staring at me. And it was making me so uncomfortable. Wow. Yeah. And I'm like, dude, the game is in front of us. He's like, I know, but you're so beautiful. Like, well, thank you. I mean, thank you. Yeah. But watch the damn game. We're here for yeah. the game. Right. Like, and I do know sports and for Rachel, she's got them too. Well, I, and too, I think some of it is, um, for maybe if, in my opinion, for that particular person, they're like, if we get her to cry or if we get her to doubt her abilities, right. then see, I told you, right. I told you there's, there's no place Ugh. for them here. They can't, you know, handle their business. And it takes one weirdo sitting at a desk, typing on a computer, but not even that. I mean, in law, I mean, I was I was in trials. And a lot of times if you're a female lawyer, um, their main objective, if you have a male of you course. know, counterpart, is to make you cry right. in any way they can. Um, in for me, it energizes me. Yeah. If you don't have faith in yourself, sometimes it means like, oh, what they maybe what they're saying is true. Right. It took colleagues, it took friends, it took family to go, you know what, you are good and you deserve to be here. And yeah. I think to to what you were saying, the women who started off in the beginning were trailblazers. But yeah. I think yes. they needed, of course, I mean, we can say that, but I think they needed the help from their colleagues. If not, you know, the, the athletes that right. gave them respect that right. they did. So I think that's important to also kind of note. You can't do it by yourself. Right. Um, or maybe maybe you can, but you do need a little bit of support to a go, village. you know what? You deserve to be here. You yeah. deserve to be side by side with me. Right. Believe your, in yourself. Who is your favorite female broadcaster? Um, Radio or TV? R- uh, Ramona Shelburne. 
uh, from ESPN. And yeah. it, it was, it, we have a long history together because I covered her when she was a high school softball player at uh, El Camino Real High School in Woodland Hills. Wow. And uh, she literally, I tell her this all the time, she literally, for, I used to be one of those reporters that I could take notes. Like, what, oh, okay, yeah, yeah, <laughs> interviewing. Yeah. What happened on that play? You know, blah, blah, blah. And, and uh, she was just like such a fast talker. I could never like keep up. So I was like, <laughs> Ramona, I had to go by the, I literally had to get the tape recorder because of you. So anyways, she went to Stanford and uh, as a softball player, great softball player, um, uh, and and one day, like uh, it might have been her, she was going into her junior year. So at the end of her sophomore year, going into her junior year, uh, she calls me and she's like, "Hey," she goes, I, I, "I think I'm catching the journalism bug, you know? Like I think, you know, I'm writing some diaries for the softball team for the school paper, you know? Um, I'm liking this, you know." And uh, and she's like, "You know, uh, is there any way when I come home this summer, maybe I could get like sort of an internship with the Daily News, right? And uh, which is where I was working at the time." I was like, let me see what I could do. I, I walk into my uh, sports editor's office, Doug Martin, and I said, Doug, I don't ask the time of day from a clock, all right? But I'm asking you a favor here. I go, I, I really believe, you know, remember Ramona Shelburne? She played softball. At L- yeah, yeah. She did Look, you know, she's she she's, thinks that she's catching the journalism bug. She wants an opportunity to, you know, to, to – you know, work here over the summer. I go, I'm just asking you. I believe in her. I guarantee you she's going to be good. It's like, well, if you feel that way, yeah, we'll do it. So she she interned with us. And then um, it was pretty uh, uh, obvious. <laughs> she was just an amazing, amazing talent writer. Uh, we see her now on ESPN. But right. she, her, her background yeah. is really writing. She's a brilliant writer, brilliant reporter, um, is able to really connect with the athletes that she's, um, you know, uh, that, that she that she covers. So, uh, so yeah, like we, it was, it was so weird. Like, you know, and she's always, thank you, Vinny. You know, I'm like, me, you're the, you know, you took it and, and ran with it. So, so yeah, we have a connection. So she's definitely my favorite. There's another great writer from the athletic, Jordan Rodrique. She covers the Rams. She actually replaced me when I moved oh, here. Oh, wow. And she's just an unbelievable, t- if you ever want a great, great guest, Jordan Rodriguez, I'll, I'll, I'll hook you up. Seriously, yes. she's yes, absolutely next level. So uh, there's a bunch of them, though. I mean, those are just personal yeah, you know, no, friends I mean, of mine. There's tons of us, right? Yes, that exactly. Are in the industry and that are up and coming, and a lot of people reach out to myself. And yeah. you know, when you can do this on something that you love, I think it only shows people that dreams come right. true. Absolutely. Right, absolutely. I agree, I agree. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so what's one of the best stories then? I guess since we're in the world of reporting, that that kind of goes with yeah. what you do what, for women. Yeah, um, seeing something like Ramona's uh, you know, growth, and it's funny because you know, you guys know Jessica Mendoza? Yeah. Okay, she, she, she was the same exact time that Ramona was at El Camino Real. Jessica was at Camarillo High School. Right, yeah. and she's a tremendous softball player. Just she's an Olympian. He went to Stanford, um, and now to see her doing Sunday night baseball. Yeah, and yeah. and here, okay, so we want to bring up you know uh, this is negatives. my baseball queen over there. <laughs> all right, so if you the reaction to Jessica, first of all, I learned something every time I listened to her on the telecast. You know, her dad was a coach, mm-hmm. Gil Mendoza, and. Um, she grew up in a sports family. She was tremendous in, in softball. She knows baseball. And she's just great at what she does. But some of the th- comments that you'll hear, if you, I don't know if you've yeah. seen any no, of it. Yeah, they're horrendous. Like, yeah, I'm like, what are you guys listening to? Like, like she knows, she has more baseball knowledge in her pinky than you do 
in your entire body. And she's up there articulating it and, and, you know, being great at her job. I just, that, that, like when we go, when we, even to this day talking about that, like, it's like, how, what are you guys listening to? What's, what's the issue here? So. It's almost like they, they expected her not to know what she's talking about right. because she didn't play baseball. She's sitting next to two, you know, others that played baseball, but that does not mean that you cannot, there, there's, there's definitely similarities in how we play, right. you know? Of course. I mean, I was a softball player. I yeah. played up through college. Right. So, you know, because we're not throwing overhand, we still have sinkers. We have right. screwballs. We have fastballs. Right. Um, we also, the catcher, I played, a, I was a catcher. Right. I controlled the field. Right. There's nothing different between what I do as a catcher in softball and what, you know, my idol. <laughs> Mike Sosha did. Oh, <laughs> or Tony oh, Pena. I, they I, were my so totally. idols growing up. And it was okay. I was a girl idolizing right. boys because right. I didn't really have softball. I didn't watch softball until I got out of high school right. when ESPN started doing all the softball tournaments. And, and I watched Lisa Fernandez play for oh, UCLA. Lisa, yeah, definitely. I mean, so. You know I, who respects all that? The players themselves. I hope so. Uh, they do. I yeah, hope so. that watch, was going to be another Watch question. Caitlin Clark and watch, you know, the, the uh, basketball player at Iowa. She just. A tremendous talent. She's mm -hmm. going to be in the finals tonight. Um, uh, go go to YouTube and call up NBA players commenting on her game. Yeah, and they're like like Steph Curry, uh, yeah, like just marveling at how good she is. Kevin Durant marveling at how good she is. It's players talent respects talent exactly, and you, I think that's that's why um, when she is doing the broadcasting, she respects the ability that these players have. She hasn't experienced it as a baseball player, but she's still an athlete. There's she's an Olympic champion. Olympic. And a national champion. Male right. or female, so, you were on that level. Right. Just because there isn't a real legitimate, maybe uh, professional softball league, yeah. doesn't take away from how... We don't wear cups. I think that's the only difference. Yeah. So right. I, don't wear, I don't wear a cup. Yeah. Maybe right. that's right. the only difference. Exactly. Well, Frost, exactly. <laughs> if you're large exactly. and in charge upstairs. Exactly. And, and it's like, but they understand, like, that's talent right there. Right. You know, and, and, and that's the, to me, that's the ultimate uh, arbitrator of all this. Whenever I get down seeing some of those comments, I'm like, yeah, but the the, the other, their, their, their colleagues in baseball or, ba or men's basketball or whatever, they see it and they respect well, it. That's and, all, I mean, and two, it's like a little brain thinking about, oh, she didn't play, so she shouldn't know. Oh my to gosh. articulate something that you've never played is even more yeah, of a right. talent, even more of a um, an exceptional thing to totally, do. Totally, totally. Uh, and I, I, I respect her. I love. I watch Sunday Night Baseball because I do love that she's there. She's yeah. holding her own, and I believe her colleagues give her the credit and the comfort to they do that as well. Completely do, which they, is great. They, they know they know she's legit. Yeah. I love that. Okay, so we want to have you back. Will you be a guest with us in the future? Absolutely. We definitely want to have you come and join us. And we have so many things to get into. I mean, we could go on and on. I have so many more questions. <laughs> so many bubbles. So many more. Of course, the land you live in right now is mm -hmm. the Las Vegas Raiders. Yes. So as, as we are... It's always moving. Yeah, it's that always moving. That land is always moving. Now, one thing is, is that people... I mean, how many years have I been a fan? You're a sports writer. I don't know that you really live in the fan world. Kind of, can't. but you can't, yeah. right? So we're fans. Oh, you can't? What? No. No, he no. can't. He's got to be, be yeah. there. Even. Live through us, people. then. Live through us. Because <laughs> yeah. we are. Because I don't want to say we're psychotic, but no, we're. No, I'll say I'm psychotic. I am. And that's fine. I am. I have two Raider tattoos. I am. It's been my life. Um, and that's why Ra Rachel and I are good together, because we are Psycho Raider right. fans. Yeah. And 
I mean, maybe stalked a little bit. Anyway, that's for another that's show. That's cool. Um, every year, I don't care who you are. I don't care what fan you are. I don't care how old you are. The Raiders will always go to the Super Bowl for me. Right. Each and every year since I was a little girl, I will say that through this and through. This is You can be mad about the quarterback and the situation because I'm not saying I don't have feelings about that either. Right. Or players or Waller or, you know, this, that, and the other that has happened. Um, but... I am a Raider fan, so I'm going to back the organization. Okay. Right? It's like if at work you might not like everything, but you work there. Right. So give us some inside tips for us going to the Super Bowl. Oh, man. (laughs) Uh, It's going to happen in our lifetime. Oh, such a reporter. Um, Well, this is the funny thing, because Steph and I are, are, why we love each other, and we're so good together. I'm the opposite. I'm the Raider fan that knows our priors. Oh, yeah. So I'm the Raider fan that there's 40 seconds left in the game, and we're up by seven. We're going to lose by eight. Right. That's yes. the rate of fire. Yeah, the, the other shoe will fall. Balloon. The other I don't shoe want will to fall. Def- I, and then I'm like, it's, I'm sorry. That's just uh, that's just how I feel something because I love the Raiders so much. I mean, I've been a fan forever. I mean, I saw Bo Jackson play. I saw the Raiders, you know, in their prime, uh, Howie Long. Yeah. So I've gone through the <sighs> gamut. Mm-hmm. I was driving back from Vegas in 2000 when I get a text saying, how is your, you know, center missing? Uh, the game oh, right before, right? Ferris. So I've, I've been through the highs and lows. Yeah. And I, I, I think I've earned a little bit of that, you know, nervousness. Mm-hmm. But I'm always a supporter. I support our team. And I do think that we're going to at least make the playoffs every year. Not the Super Bowl, right. but the playoffs. <laughs> right. Uh, so. And now we got Jimmy G. Yes. And it's, yeah. it's ever-changing. Right. And it's... I could say this, like, you never know when, like, and I get the skepticism uh, mm-hmm. because it's been 20 some odd years of just, you know, it's, it's, it breeds skepticism. But um, the, the great thing about sports is you never know where it can turn. Right. Right. right? I mean, you go back to the 49ers um, before Joe Montana. Right. They weren't that good. And then all of a sudden it just changed. And all of a sudden they went on this, the New England Patriots, they were, I they just, had a last, eh. a last guy in the draft was their quarterback, and they win seven, eight yeah. Super Bowls. Right, right, exactly. Damn, it. Damn that guy. So Damn you it. Never, Hate you, him. You never know when. We still don't say his name. No. Right. You that never, guy. That the guy. last quarterback drafted. I mean, look yes. at Kansas City. All you needed was Patrick Mahomes, and That's you what win. I'm I mean, where can we get a Patrick Mahomes, please? That's the goal. Come on. <laughs> That's the goal. And um, look, I don't. Uh, I'm not gonna. I can't sit here and say the Raiders are gonna win the Super Bowl this right. year. Right? No, yeah, I, I understand. I don't think there's. Um, I think they're realistic. This is what I like about this regime, regime with Dave um, uh, Ziegler, the general manager, who's a big part of this, and Mark Davis and, and Josh McDaniels. I think they understand kind of where they are right now. If things were to go right, they could maybe be like the Seattle Seahawks last year, where okay. you know that was a team that they changed their quarterback, yeah. Russell Wilson. Mm-hmm. People were like, Pete's tanking, or this is going to be terrible. Well, they found a quarterback in Geno Smith who his teammates loved and rallied around. And uh, they hit big on the draft, in the draft. And they ended up with like five starters in the draft. And all of a sudden, they went from this team that, you know, uh, was not supposed to go anywhere to winning nine games and and making the playoffs. Did that make them a perfect team? No. Do they still have holes? Yes. Uh, But they are back on the right track. And if you look at the Raiders, I I think that the way the offense is kind of constructed – 
They should be competitive. They should be able to um, uh, be a good offense. Now, how much better can they get defensively? And how much does Jimmy change sort of some of the dynamics of last year with all those close losses? Like, right. if you're being honest, right? they lost nine. Nine of their 11 losses were within one score. I, I hate to bring up um, bad memories, but that's also a, you know, I don't want to be overly positive about it, but there is some positive in that. They weren't a terrible team last year. They yeah. weren't getting, you know, their doors knocked off. They weren't non-competitive in every game where you go, man, this is going to take years and years and years. They were actually pretty competitive, and it was just a play here or a play there or a dumb mistake here um, from winning, you know, uh, more of those games than they lost. So they're hoping that with Jimmy knowing this offense, maybe being a little bit better than Derek was in the red zone and um, just making that offense a little bit more efficient, if they can, if they're in similar situation in a similar, you know, dynamic games, can they win five of those that they lost? Of right. the nine that they lost, and right. if they do, that's eleven wins right there. If they win three, it's nine. You know what I'm saying? Like they're counting on that um, helping them, you know, win some more of those close games than they lost last year. Does that make them a Super Bowl team? No, uh, but can they start creating somewhat of a a winning foundation, they're hoping. And then, uh, the, you know, the, the bigger picture of all of it, they got to start drafting better players. They've been the terrible, 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 terrible in the draft. The numbers don't lie. No, no. The numbers just don't lie. And you can't build a sustainable team if you keep blowing draft. Like the 2020 draft, they had seven players drafted within the first, I think, 141 players. We had we had four drafts in, in the first. We had four number one drafts. Yeah. In, in that, 2020. In the 2020. Yeah. And we, do we have any of those players left? One guy's left. <laughs> That's Robertson. where you build franchises. Do you get that? You don't get that in a lottery winning. That's like winning the lottery. And Can I just put a side personal note? These are the statistics that I tell my 10-year-old son because yeah. they all want to play in the NFL. Right. Oh, yeah, that yeah. too. That <laughs> right. too. Right. But, they, but, 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 but in, this, in this case, it was, you know, the Henry Rugg situation. It was Damon Arnett who should have never been drafted where he <sighs> was drafted. It was a bunch of players that should have never been drafted where they where they where they were. And um, I'll share a, a conversation I had with Dave Ziegler, their general manager. It was it was literally the day that they benched Carr. Right. So um, we're talking, and they're ironically enough playing the 49ers that week. Right. And he's go, we're going through their roster, the 49ers roster, and he's like, "Where'd they get this guy? Where'd they get this? Guy? All these star players on their defense, right. draft, 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 draft. Right. Their whole defense right. was homegrown." And he's like, "Where's where's the Raider guys that fit that category? Max, um, mm, yeah, maybe 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 Nate Hobbs at some point. Right. But they didn't have it. wasn't there, It was just Max. Max was the only drafted player that has really made a you know Pro Bowl level kind of a kind of a impact. Mm. He's like, w you can't do anything in this league until you can." get a foundation set of your own right. drafted players. It's more cost-effective doing it that way. You have players that are playing on rookie contracts. You're not right. always having to go out in free agency, spending a bunch of money to fill holes, and it's never going to work where, all right, uh, this offseason we're going to go with that guy from the Colts, that guy from the Saints, that guy from the Buccaneers, yep. and hope it all kind of comes together. That's all we've been doing. No, yeah. And it's, it's, I mean, okay, we get we like Alabama. We get a lot of Alabama. <laughs> yeah. They <laughs> but, didn't work out. Um, they don't <laughs> no. work out. You they know, the ones they drafted. <laughs> They're drafting the wrong Alabama guys. Yes. Um, it's just, you know, it seems like we never have all the right pieces at the same time. We right. Our offense is just killing it. 
And then our defense, you know, is is not, but you need a quarterback to help your defense. You do. You need a, a quarterback who goes out of the pocket a little bit. You need a quarterback. Listen, we'll always love Carr, but I am. Who's so Rachel happy. talking about? I know, right? I, I mean, I, I've, I, I have, I have, I, I love Carr. Like, I'm stuttering right now. I'm like, how am I going to put this gently and, so, and still isn't say it that? Interesting I'm, that we have to do that with Derek. And and I like Derek a lot. Yeah. I saw him a week and a half ago, and he's in a great place and and all that, but. I feel like anytime, like on the radio show, he always has to preface preface things by saying, "I'm not trying not to." You exactly. Know, not, but you know, I mean, at at the same time, the Raiders didn't just get rid of Steph Curry. Like, right. It, it's he's, right. He was a good quarterback right. on a mostly on a on a team that's been mostly bad for a long time. And I think that, then there's and and nothing against him. And, and Mark Davis came out and told me this last week. I apologize to the guy for not being able to build a good, better team around him for the last nine years. Okay. And there is there is some validity to that. Right. But at the same time, I mean, he, I think he's a good quarterback with a ceiling. Right. He's not. Well, it goes back to like exactly what we're all trying to say in words, all of us. It's it, to, to wrap that up. Go for it. The you best said way that you said it was at some point you need to lead. Yeah. And you need to be yeah. honest. Right. I agree. And I, agree. I think that that just puts it. In the forward motion right. of what our Las Vegas Raiders need to do. They, they, yes, and um, you know, I'm not saying that Jimmy G's he's not the future of the franchise. He's a he's kind of a stabilizing force right now, which we need. Yeah, te- definitely, definitely need. And I think um, he kind of reminds this. This is what it sort of I, I equated to when the and when the when the Chiefs traded for Alex Smith from the 49ers. Right, he wasn't a Super Bowl winning guy that could just carry your team. But he, but he stabilized the position, and then they go and kind of, not lucky, but they're able to get a Patrick Mahomes soon after who right. sits for a year behind him, and then they hand it right off to him. So I think what the Raiders hope, somehow, someway, is that Jimmy's going to be Alex Smith for them and, and maybe win a bunch of games and be competitive and, and create a winning culture. And whether it's this draft or next year's draft, find – they're Patrick Mahomes, or they're, or just the future face of, of, of this franchise. I love that analogy because that's what gives me faith and hope. Well, and and I know you know the general manager and the coach it didn't work out last year. We all get that six and eleven, um, and there's a lot of angst out there, right? Um, but 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 I I try to tell Raider fans this, just talking to them. I know that they want to win. They they. they it burns in them to try to make it right for you guys, yeah, yes. Raider fans. Yes, and whether you agree with them or disagree with them on what their moves are, um, I, I literally cannot stress anymore. And Mark Davis, they really do want to win. So it might not be um, the moves, maybe maybe not be agreeable all the time, but their their objective and their bottom line is is to win. So, and I think that they deserve the time to do that because you, you can't keep. Plugging it in, pulling it out, getting this coach, bringing in this coach. It doesn't work that way. You need stability at some point. For a fan, you cannot. So they're recognizing what they need to do. Uh Like, I think it's it's a, it's a, um, uh, they're, all of them are in it and recognize what needs to be done. And now they're on the same, you know, same wavelength, I guess, the same. And to the point where uh, at the highest level of the organization, there's patience. Like that might not sit well with fans. I know exactly, I know. but <gasps> but it's not going to do you any good to keep bringing in this coach, firing that I guy. Because you know what? It, it also comes down to a point: who's going to want to coach here? Yeah, no one. And then, you know, oh, you're not. You're going to fire me because it didn't work out the first. You know, come on. So, 
So I, you know what I heard? What? We're going to the Super Bowl. Yes. <laughs> In Las Vegas. We don't have to go anywhere. Yes, yeah, see, that's what I want. <laughs> that's oh going to be God. quite the scene. Vinny, be, you thank never know. you. Thank you so much. This has been so much thank fun. And we definitely are going to have you back, right? Oh, please. Yes, I have so many more questions. Okay, we got pimp all yourself time. out for people. Where can they find you? Um, Only good emails and texts or I'll come get oof. you. <laughs> you know what I found? I sometimes I'll just do this. I'll just respond. And I'll say, hey, um, sorry you feel that way. <laughs> you know, yep. uh, And I get your point. I get where you're coming from. But this, here's why I kind of feel this way. And invariably, I, I'd say 100% of the time, wow, I didn't even think you were going to respond. You know, hey, I'm sorry that I said this or that. Okay, I see where you're coming from now. Like you can always, you can make an enemy or you can make, a I always call it a listener or a reader. <laughs> yeah. Or, you know, and somebody that, 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 that it, it gets humanized. Like they're just... <laughs> So much of it is howling into the wind. Like they're so mad and so frustrated. And I get that. Right. That I'm not even, or we're not sometimes like actual people right. to them. Right. Exactly. They're just somebody that they could vent to. And uh, but then when you say, hey, there actually is somebody on this other side that you just called every name in the book. And I'm gonna look overlook that and say, here, here's kind of where I was thinking. I get what you're saying. Is for it always just like that. Changes them. Yeah. It disarms them and and all of a sudden they're like. Okay, all right. Yeah. So, all right, well, where can we get at you? At Daily News Vinny on Twitter, uh, the Las Vegas Review Journal, VegasNation.com, and then um, the Morning Tailgate Show, Raider Nation Radio, 7 a.m. to 10 a.m., Monday through Friday. And that's on 9.20 a.m. Yes. out of Las Vegas, but you can get that everywhere. Right. Anywhere that you listen to anything on Absolutely. any Raiders.com. It's Raiders. streamed live on Raiders.com. See, Raiders. Raiders. Awesome. There we go. Well, Vinny Bonasur, thank you so much. Raider Nation Radio, international sports writer, <laughs> all kinds of great stuff on the Real LV Raider Ladies Podcast. It's been a pleasure. Thank you very much, guys. Thank you so much. Really appreciate it. Thank you guys for listening. Of course, this was developed and created by myself, Steph McKenzie, and... Rachel Nunez. That's you, Rachel. When that's I say me. and, that's Pride you. Of I'm just <laughs> learning this here, everyone. Of course, we take fun sports talk through the eyes of a woman and how it's evolved. So have a great day. Have a great week. Be blessed. And we will see you again soon. And as we always say, go Raiders. Go Raiders. Love it.